get in the zone with the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. PFF next topic was the biggest strength they anticipate for the 49ers in 2023, and they chose playmakers. Talked about offensively, Debo, McCaffrey, Kittle, and Ayuk, no matter who was under center, that they thrived. And this is a great stat. 49ers pass catchers led the league in missed tackles, forced, and ranked fifth in the regular season in yards after the catch, despite the seventh fewest targets. So these guys get the ball, and they make the most of it. I mean, it's crazy. And you know what? There's a lot of strengths on this team, and you could you could go to the defense for that. But I agree with it. I I, I think the offense is almost idiot proof because you have Debo, because you have McCaffrey, because you have Kittle, and you have Ayuk, and then you have really nice role players with Jennings and Mitchell, and there's there's guys that can make plays other than that. So I thought that was a really good choice, and I would agree with that. The playmakers to me are the biggest strength. The defense will be good. The playmakers will will. No matter who the quarterback is, and with Kyle Shanahan calling plays with those guys out on the field, they'll always, I feel like, be able to score enough points to to win games. And I agree with that. I think it's playmakers. I I agree with that. And and I mean, I don't I don't think you could argue it, it is any other position group. And I appreciate that they did playmakers, right? Because mm-hmm. then you Better can include Christian McCaffrey, yeah. right? Because then you can include, or you could just say pass catchers, right? And you could still include Christian mm-hmm. McCaffrey in that. Um, but to to kind of shine the light in the same area, right? But just focus on something a little bit different. I would argue that the 49ers have one of the better running back rooms in the NFL right now. And if healthy, healthy. If yeah. healthy, right. And that, I mean, everything is everything has that asterisk, especially with this team, if healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but as it stands right now, we don't know any better than to say they are healthy right now, right? We haven't heard any reports of any of them being not healthy. And so the fact that you have Christian McCaffrey uh, automatically elevates you to one of the best running back uh, cores in the NFL, but then mm-hmm. to also have Elijah Mitchell back there, right? Where again, if he can stay healthy, that is quite the one, two punch, right? You've got a, a, a third year player, who had a lot of injuries last year and, and couldn't build on what he did as a rookie. But as a rookie, he was one of the better runners of the football in the NFL. He was mm-hmm. uh, an absolute stud. And then you add to that Jordan Mason, who I think is going to have a bigger role this year. Uh, I think that uh, he, along with Christian McCaffrey, make one of the better uh, pass-catching duos in the backfield in the NFL. Uh, and then, again, we don't really know what we have with Ty Davis-Price, but just to have that kind of depth. And then you also have to include Kyle Juszczyk in there, right? He mm-hmm. is a part of the running back room and he is the best at what he does. And so to have the best at what he does in Kyle Juszczyk and arguably the best at what he does in Christian McCaffrey, Hey, you know, you're cooking with gas now. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it is playmakers because that includes McCaffrey, Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, right. But I, I think that running back room uh, again, big asterisk, as long as they're healthy, uh, I, I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of production out of them this season. Biggest weakness in 2023. So PFF chose interior depth, interior defensive line. Um, and they talked about, obviously, you have Eric Armstead, even though he had a down year last year. But Javon Kinlaw hasn't lived up to his first round billing. Obviously, he has not. 
and the 49ers ended 2022 with the lowest graded interiors interior defender unit in the nfl which i did not realize however i do like some of the guys they have coming up here kinlaw is the big big question mark because if he's mm-hmm. there with hargrave and armstead and he has a decent season he can stay on the field in good shape but then kevin gibbons was a really good role player for them last yes. year you have gill and kelly davis i know they're expecting a lot from this year so yes. i actually kind of like the group Maybe yeah i was gonna say i disagree with pffs uh yeah I, I disagree with their assessment mainly because how are you going to pick that again with Javon Hargrave as, the, as the, the big addition to that, to that group? But, like, well, he running, lifts, I mean, but Hargrave is a good pass anyway. Defender. Yeah. But he's a good pass defender, like, you know, good pass rusher, but maybe they're thinking they can run the ball on, on, on the Niners. Now. I don't know. But how, know. but how many teams, how many teams are good at running the ball in the NFL right now? Not it's very true. many, not, really built that not very, it's, it's a passing league, right? <laughs> like, Let's let's you know, let's call a spade a spade. Defending the run is arguably not the most important thing anymore for a mm-hmm. defensive line specifically, but especially even on the interior. So hey, I'm I if if they're a little downgrade on on uh run defense, but they get more quarterback pressures up the middle than they have the past couple seasons, I think that's a huge victory. So I thought about like, you know, what is the weakness then? I had a really hard time finding a roster weakness. Here's what I think the weakness is, health. And here's why I say this. Not only because of the quarterback injuries. We know that the quarterbacks can't stay on the field. Kittle's missed games. Debo's missed games. We've seen all that. Why I worry about health is just sort of like, I guess, just attrition. They've played so Mm -hmm. many games. They've Mm -hmm. played so many games. 19 games, 20 games, and you go back to the guys around in 2019, it's three of the last four years, really long seasons. Eventually, this is a brutal game. It does take its toll. Yeah. So the fan that worries about everything in me worries about that, that they played long seasons. Can you get, you know, you're going to lose one of these studs. Can something happen? Can something fluky happen? We've seen this be an injured team. That is the one weakness I would say is they haven't been super healthy in spots. Can they stay healthy again? Or I should say again, but should they stay healthy throughout 2023? Can McCaffrey stay on the field for 20 games? Things like that to get to another Super Bowl run. That's that's the biggest question for me. And that's where I think the depth obviously comes in. And that's why I appreciate the depth in the running back room. I appreciate the depth. I think there's depth along the interior, whether PFF thinks there isn't or not. I, I think the so in that regard, I, I think the depth is weakest at edge, as we've said before. Uh, but I, I mean, it feels like, again, not to beat a dead horse, but the obvious weakness on this team right now is the quarterback position. Right. <laughs> like it is, it just is because it's unknown and it's unknown because we don't know who's going to start. It's unknown because we don't know if there's going to be regression from Brock Purdy either because of the injury or just, you know, as, as the league catches up to him a little bit. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily adhere to that idea that with more tape defensive coordinators are gonna be able to figure Brock Purdy out. You don't need to figure Brock Purdy out. You need to figure Kyle Shanahan's offense out. And so far, Mm -hmm. no one has really proven to do that. So I'm not necessarily worried about that as much. Um, but I am worried about regression because, He's had an entire offseason where he hasn't been able to to throw or to, you know, work with the team or to 
be at training camp and, and participate in drills and, you know, all that stuff. And so, and then you've obviously got Trey Lance. You don't know really what you have in him. And then you've got Sam Darnold who, you know, 55 games says not great, but mm-hmm. tantalizing skill set with an offensive genius. And you kind of cross your fingers and go, Hey, maybe, maybe this is what, what Sam needed, but obviously it's the biggest weakness. And, and outside of that, I think depth on the edge is probably the biggest weakness uh, because, you know, they, the, the depth that was there before wasn't just depth. It was legitimate production and depth, right. With Amenahu, with Jordan oh, Willis, yeah. with Ebukam, uh, uh, with, you know, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and um, now it's, now it's second year Drake Jackson. And we said this before second year Drake Jackson and then outside of that, it's hopeful reclamation project Cleveland Farrell, and typically mainly interior now Carrie Hyder, and you know it's like all of a sudden you're like, oh man, there really isn't a lot there outside yeah. of Nick Bosa. And here's the thing, if you're ranking edge units, Nick Bosa is going to lift any edge unit that he's a part of, right? So you can't really call it a weakness because you've got arguably the best edge defender in the NFL as a part of that, as a part of that unit. So mm-hmm. you can't necessarily call that unit a weakness, but like you said, I think, I think depth is, is where, is where I'm a little, a little scared. I think they have depth everywhere, but at edge and that could come back to bite them. And so we'll have to see, you know, we had that episode last week where we talked about whether or not they would sign uh, an, another edge player. You know, we'll we see. think that they should, but will they? No, no way to know. But if they're going to do it, they got to do it soon because those guys that would make a difference are going to be gone. So it's it's scary, but you know you you, you got to play the hand that you're dealt, and you just got to hope that Drake Jackson takes a step. And it sounds like you know it sounds like he's been really dedicated this offseason. He's added, I think they said like ten to twenty pounds of muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's not going to be the D Ford speed rusher, but that's what they hope Robert Beal can be. And so, you know, maybe by mid season, Robert Beal has kind of got his, you know, his feet under him and, and he could be that, that NASCAR package, uh, guy coming off the edge, but Drake Jackson is not going to be that guy. His game is going to be more big end, right? He's super bendy and athletic, but not overly fast. He's not, he's not screaming at four or five coming off the edge. So yeah, Robert Beal was a late round pick. I just, I, I have a hard time thinking you're going to get much out of him this year. Yeah. But, but it, at the same, it, yeah. But, but if you, if you keep him on the team and you go, here's your one job on third down and long, you're going to go out there and you're just going to pin your ears back and go to the quarterback with mm-hmm. your four or five speed and your athleticism. We're going to bet on you to get around. Right. And if that's his only role and he does that well, and he, and he ends this season with, three to five sacks. I think that's a huge victory for a fifth yeah. round pick. Uh, I would agree. Oh, for a pick that late. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I thought, you know, the Niners, the success they had in the 2021 playoffs, mm-hmm. they just had waves of defensive line. Yeah. Wave people yeah. coming at you. And that was it. And I don't know if they're going to have the waves this year. The top end, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Are great. Bosa, absolutely. But is it going to be waves? I don't know. Remains to be seen. To me, the waves come on the interior now instead of the edge. And that's, that's so. the biggest difference.